In the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God. Lent calls us to reflection. It calls us to reality. It calls us to see precisely our situation. Day after day, we know how important this is, to see things rightly. For example, a simple mistake like not seeing a stop sign can have dramatic and bad results. And if it's so with a simple stop sign, how much greater when seeing reality involves the welfare of our very souls. And Lent is a time to, with serious reflection, think about our situation. Particularly, I would suggest, in our culture, where the darkness is becoming deeper, and people of prominence and power are willing publicly to call what is evil good. When that happens, it's like the children of Israel in the northern kingdom with an evil king. They are led into the darkness of Baal worship. And the darkness spreads in our day as people are self-absorbed and have no room for God or for reality. Lent calls us to see what God's holding before us in the Gospel of John. An earlier chapter from our Gospel text has John the Baptist seeing Jesus coming, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away. And in the original, it's actually who is presently bearing the sins of the world. And then our Gospel lesson, several chapters later, comes in and reinforces this point that God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And I'd like to share an example from my life that is pertinent. Some years ago, with three young boys, we visited New Mexico and enjoyed Carlsbad Caverns, a beautiful subterranean massive cave lighted and a self-guided tour. We enjoyed it so much when we exited, we told the ranger, what a delightful experience, thank you. And he said, well, if you like this, I invite you to go into New Cave, an undeveloped cave without trails or lighting, and accompany a ranger into that cave. So with about a dozen other people, we met the next morning and started down into this cave, and it was such a different experience with water dripping and 
all kinds of uh, different moves that one had to make, sometimes on their knees, to get through a passage. And our sons and we enjoyed it thoroughly. When we got to the very bottom, the ranger set us down. He said, now would you all turn off your flashlights? And we did. And he said, now wave your hand in front of your face. And of course, we couldn't see a thing. And he said, what you're experiencing now is total darkness. He said, this is so dark that your senses begin to lose even a sense of balance with time. And he said, this total darkness would incapacitate me if all your flashlights failed, even I could not lead you out of this cave. Well, immediately a flashlight or two went on. People wanted assurance that wasn't the case. But I'd like to suggest that our culture is increasingly leading people into this dark, deep, black void where fundamental good and evil cannot be distinguished. And the peril for human souls is immense. For we live as those made in the image of God and given a conscience and the ability to distinguish. And so when parents treat their children poorly or the unborn are not permitted life, we see darkness in its fullness and it's confusing and debilitating and putting at peril and at risk human beings, not only for now, but for eternity. And into such a world, we have the great and marvelous privilege of seeing the light. As the liturgy says, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light that no darkness can overcome. And you can rejoice in that light. Jesus Christ has overcome all the darkness. He has overcome the darkness that is within you and me. Our sinfulness, our fallenness, our frailty, our selfishness, Jesus has absorbed each and every sin in his holy body and permitted us to live in the light of God's grace. Now the Heavenly Father draws you to his bosom and you can take every breath with a delight in life. As Jesus says later in John's Gospel, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus, in a culture that leads people to death, leads them to life now and eternally. Indeed, when we were coming up out of that cave, I remember way up seeing the first brilliant light from the desert come through that cave's opening. 
And it was so vibrant and brilliant and welcoming to get out of a damp, cold cave into the sun was so attractive. Well, the light of Christ is even more attractive. It comes to you in every moment with brilliance and radiance. And we are able to bask in that light to enjoy Jesus' presence because our baptism has joined us to his death and to his resurrection. From the beginning of our life to our presence with him, our baptismal identity is light. And today we come to receive that light through Jesus himself in the gift of his very body and blood. We are joined to the bosom of the Father by his total absorption of our sin. The Father welcomes us (coughs) because we are pure and we are holy in Jesus and in his precious gift of himself. This is the Lenten reflection you and I are called to, to refresh ourselves and renew ourselves with a clear vision of what is good and right and beautiful and what is destructive and dark. And when we look at what is beautiful, there we see that the source is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in Lent, we ponder the wonder, the depth the marvelous breadth of the Father's love for each of us as we behold the suffering, the passion of his Son, so that we might live in the light now and forever. May God grant you to bask in that contrite light this Lenten season as Jesus comes to you in his word and his holy sacraments. In his name we ask it. Amen. Amen.